Welcome to Let's Talk Fleet Risk, a podcast for those who manage drivers and their vehicles and want to reduce road risk in their organisation. Welcome to Let's Talk Fleet Risk, and my guest this week is someone who many of you may have seen speak at fleet management and driver safety events in the past. She's an expert in the field of driver behaviour, and it's Dr. Lisa Dawn. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So, Lisa, you're an Associate Professor of Driving Behaviour and Director of the Driving Research Group at Cranfield University. Um, you've previously founded companies like Driver Metrics. You were co-founder of The Flow, um, but you've now founded a new uh, company called SciDrive, um, all of which were to kind of commercialise some of the valuable research that you've done and make those learnings available to fleet operators. So perhaps you could start by telling us uh, a little bit about what you're working on at the moment. Sure. Um, So with Cranfield, some of the work I'm doing right now is uh, looking at behavioural adaptation in response to autonomous vehicles. And um, so we're running a series of studies in the field, um, looking at how people change their behaviour in response to automated systems over time. A lot of people think that um, driverless vehicles are going to be safer, but um, I think there are some things that we really need to understand a bit more about first. So that's my work with Cranfield. And then with SciDrive, um, I essentially developed um, an accredited um, CPD course on human factors in driving, which is available for fleet managers and uh, anybody working in the fleet industry really to help them understand a bit more about driver behavior. Excellent. Now, this episode um, of of our podcast is part of a range of content we've created this quarter around the theme of fitness to drive, which obviously covers physical and mental health, fatigue, well-being, etc. And so I I wanted to start with an overview of the the general demands of driving for work on the driver. We're we're focusing generally on commercial vehicle drivers, so vans and trucks, and those drivers are probably doing reasonably high mileage. Uh, across the year so I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about what the the general demands are on uh, for, for those of us who are largely office based and that probably wouldn't be aware of the demands on a on a commercial vehicle driver out there all day yeah and that's an important distinction because a lot of people who are not driving for work really don't understand some of the problems and of, of of actually driving a truck or a van and some of the demands that drivers have and often um, professional drivers complain about how the road users get in their way and make things a bit more difficult for them because they don't really understand things like turning circles just being able to get around a corner and how you know they need to be um, uh, considerate of 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 what a big truck needs um so yeah there are a lot of stresses on professional drivers not only just the type of vehicle that they're driving but also the nature of the work um you know what it is they have to do during the day some some of the professional drivers have multi-drop kind of activities others are long haul short haul you know it all varies and they have to engage with customers and these are often quite stressful situations especially if they're running late Uh, management, supervisory practices, 
And of course, there is a, a lot of issues around the traffic and having to get your way through traffic um, to a tight schedule. So, so I mean, I guess the main pressures sort of revolve around workload and and time pressure. And I often sort of describe these when I'm talking to fleet operators as or, or sort of warn them against creating unrealistic work schedules where you know it often doesn't seem possible to make all of those deliveries or all of those service visits within the expected time without the driver having to speed or or to take other risks. So what does that kind of pressure? Uh, what what sort of impact does that have on the drivers? Yeah, so you know, all drivers at some time or other will suffer from driver stress, um, just because of the nature of driving these days. It's you know, traffic is actually moving slower every year. Um, so you know, there are just general demands of of the task itself. Um, the, the work involved in manoeuvring a vehicle is actually quite resource intensive and um, and so it can be quite high on workload. Um, for example, you know, the road environment itself uh, represents quite a high workload, you know, for example, if there's poor visibility or poor road markings or road surfaces, you know, these are all things that um, professional drivers have to negotiate their way through and adds to the workload and um, and then if they're on a difficult route or they're having to perform difficult maneuvers perhaps uh, having to park in in very restricted areas or um, you know they also have a lot of um, different tasks to do at the same time you know thinking about work and and these kinds of situations mean that there's quite large fluctuations in the demands placed on professional drivers during the working day so the impact really can have a very negative consequence on things like blood pressure and stress hormones. You know, the research is, is, is there's literally hundreds, if not thousands of studies to show how driver stress can impact on uh, these physiological measures. Now, I know a lot of us talk to our delivery drivers when they turn up at home to sort of gauge what kind of pressures they're under and, and kind of, you know, following on from that last point, not only is, you know, excessive workload and time pressure, you know, really hard for them to um, to cope with at times, but then many of them have their routes planned down to the, the very last minute. Um, and so, if they encounter roadworks or congestion, you know, those unexpected delays and diversions can, can probably really compound matters, can't they? Yes, that's right. And, you know, whenever um, driving is externally paced and not self-paced, it becomes a demand. Um, so professional drivers, delivery drivers, they often have uh, performance targets to achieve. Um, and, you know, if they're being held up for whatever reason, then there are going to be impacts on the way in which they feel and how they tend to behave. So, for example, they'll tend to get more irritable, more frustrated, more aggressive um, and really, you know, develop quite an unpleasant angry mood in some cases and you know that can be quite difficult to deal with as a another road user when you see this sort of quite hostile delivery you know van driver trying to get past you um and um yeah it, it, it these are some of the kind of everyday um experiences that that 
that uh, professional drivers have to go through, I'm afraid. Mm. Um, many many drivers work odd hours, don't they, as well? They, some of them have very long days. Some of them are doing sort of shift patterns, uh, unsociable hours. Um, and I know kind of one or two long days will, will do me in, um, probably the same for most of us. So, yeah, how, how does that sort of consistent day in, day out, um, you know, long hours, unsociable hours, how does that impact on their general well-being? Yeah, there are very strong cumulative effects of fatigue, for example. You know, the sort of general wear and tear of doing this kind of job day in, day out, um, you know, can have quite a terrible impact on their health. Um, one of the first things that often goes when people are stressed is that they sleep quite badly. You know, they can't relax when they get home after work. They can't switch off and, and have a good night's sleep. And um, and then, of course, stress itself is fatiguing because you're operating the system at a very high spec, if you like. You know, you're trying to cope with all these demands and, and that's really quite fatiguing. Um, so, yeah, th there's there's a general impact on well-being such that um, there can be some really negative impacts on on health. And. and it can sort of feed on itself, I guess, can't it then? Because if you've got, if you're taking stress from work home and that's causing you to sleep badly, you could have other areas where, you know, you're bringing the pressures of home to work. You know, the often cited cases of things like those, those who've just had got a new baby in the house or maybe got financial worries or, or other things that you're bringing pressures to work and the work, the pressures of work are compounding it and going back home and it just gets progressively worse. That's right. And, you know, recently I've been looking into post-traumatic stress disorder, which sounds like it's a clinical condition that not many people have. But in fact, it mostly goes undiagnosed. And that's a classic case of um, kind of a chronic um, exposure to stress that can build up. You know, let's like say, for example, you know, you've um, you've had some very um, bad news at home, perhaps. Uh, a close family member or friend is is has been diagnosed with a terminal illness or something of that nature you know and then you have to go into this sort of work environment where it's quite stressful it's difficult because you're going to be distracted by what's going on at home um, and bring that into the sort of work environment as, as a driver yeah now i i did a recent podcast on the increasing problem of drug driving and how the police in many areas are now catching more drug drivers than alcohol um, and actually a lot of those turned out to be in some cases sort of half the, the the offenders turned out to be commercial vehicle drivers so where we got drivers sort of experiencing all these pressures um presumably quite a few of them are, are using turning to drink and drugs and uh, and other things maybe as coping mechanisms for that stress so which again similar to the sort of the the cycle of pressures building up between home and work it's a sort of further destructive downward spiral isn't it that's right and um yeah obviously you know these rather unhealthy kind of coping strategies that um commercial drivers might turn to you know it's sort of like a quick fix if you like to sort of get you out of that state at that moment you know have a drink have a some kind of drug you know that would actually make you feel better 
but you know it's it is a destructive downward spiral because eventually that will reduce your ability to actually handle stress in the long term um, there are far better coping strategies that can be used you know to kind of offset the sedentary lifestyle nature of driving for work um, you know often we see that uh, there's issues around diet and smoking as well as drugs and alcohol so it's about opening up other kind of coping strategies that are much more effective I mean, you mentioned sort of diet and sedentary lifestyle there, and obviously, you know, being a van driver or commercial vehicle driver, you're pretty much sat down for the vast majority of the day. Little exercise, unless I guess you're a a multi-drop driver, then you might you might get a bit of exercise. Um, but the diet thing's really bad, isn't it? And one of the things I've heard anecdotally talking to some of our delivery drivers and uh, and others as well is kind of dehydration and the um, problem that can bring to the ability to make the right decisions because their their work schedules are obviously often so tightly controlled they don't get time for a comfort break so consequently a lot of them won't drink enough water during the day because they can't, they haven't got the time to then stop for a, a break later on so you know what sort of effect does that have on their on their ability to to make the right decisions when they're on the road well, these are some of the kind of problems that are out there. And, you know, essentially, there's only so much that the driver can do. Um, it really is down to the employer in many situations to make sure that um, these rest breaks are built in and that, you know, there's support for um, drivers if they want to pursue a more healthy lifestyle that perhaps as access to a gym or you know there's some kind of um help with giving up on on smoking and and eating better and so on i mean there's, there's all sorts that is actually uh, possible because you know one of the things that we've talked about is you know how these coping strategies that will actually have a very poor impact on health in the long run and you know it's not surprising that truck drivers in particular um, are known for having much higher risk of developing chronic diseases and um, that in itself has an impact on crash risk. Let's talk about crash risk then so we you know we've talked about a lot of the things that affect a driver's well-being what 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 do sort of driver managers need to understand about the effect that all of these have on the long-term health and the and the likelihood of their drivers being involved in incidents is so there's a kind of um you know potentially an immediate impact of some of the coping strategies that people use so you know if for example drivers took a brisk walk during a break you know that would have a much stronger impact on their mood and their ability to uh, perform at a higher level than than just um, sitting around having a, a coffee or you know a, a, a carb high snack um but if if there's some support that employers can offer, you know, then you've got the chance of being able to, you know, improve the immune system's ability to cope with um, diseases and problems that they can encounter. Um, you know, we know, for example, that drivers with cardiovascular disease are twice as likely to have a crash 
and be at fault for that crash compared with a healthy driver. Um, you know, we know that, um, you know, there's several studies showing how uh, people involved in, in crashes with chronic diseases are, you know, much more likely to see a fatal outcome. So there's a really, um, there's some very strong reasons why it's important to manage stress when driving for work. Do you know why that is? Why why there's that increase in in risk if you if you've got a disease? Or is, is it people worrying about the disease? Is it symptoms while they're driving, or what, what's causing it, 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 that? It could be a number of things. Um, you know, certainly, you know, it could affect uh, your ability to process information. You know, your if you have a cardiovascular um, disease, then your information processing capacity could be reduced which might affect your ability to check for hazards and and respond appropriately um so there's a number of reasons why that might be uh it you know it could be musculoskeletal as well it could be something to do with you know how well you're able to to maneuver you know a lot of issues for truck drivers is i'm afraid you know being slightly overweight and, um, you know, that can impact on their ability to sort of be able to look around um, the the cab, you know, in, in the manner that they should before making a manoeuvre. Um, OK, so so let's let's come round to solutions then. Now, you and I have met many times at safety conferences. And the one thing that's always struck me when when you've been speaking is the importance that you put on evidence led interventions. So. What would your advice be to managers about sort of how to identify and, and manage driver stress effectively? Well, this is an interesting one because one of the issues around um, stress when driving for work is that people generally don't say how they feel, you know, for obvious reasons. Because if they were to say to their manager, oh, I'm feeling really stressed, I didn't sleep last night, you know, I'm really worried about this. Um, you know, they might not be able to work and um, and they need the work. It would just add to their stress if they were told that they had to go home and uh, not work today. So self-report uh, for stress is, is not always reliable. Um, so I'm a big advocate of immunising the workforce, if you like, and making sure that everybody has some stress management strategies under their belt. And um, that's not to say that it's all the driver's responsibility, because there are many organisational factors that can impact on driver stress. And I think companies should do whatever they can do to reduce stress um, at the, the sort of top level down. Um, but from the driver's perspective, there are ways in which you can reduce distracted driving. And there is an evidence base around this. And... Um, you know, essentially what we're doing with Inside Drive is to deliver um, progressive relaxation techniques to improve driver anger and aggression. Because what you're trying to get to is for drivers to adopt a more adaptive approach to driving than a reactive one. Because if they're adapting to whatever comes their way in a kind of a, um, uh, an accepting manner, rather than a kind of a, a rejecting one and reacting to what's going on around them, then you're going to see some of the behaviours that we've talked about. We're going to see the irritability and the 
close following and the you know speeding and and and, and all the kinds of behaviors that tend to lead to crashes you you mentioned there about um obviously drivers not being forthcoming about sort of talking about stress because obviously they need the work and they might get sent home or whatever but the 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 employers kind of treading a fine line as well isn't it between um what they kind of should do which is taking more account of this and and trying to put their drivers under less stress or if a driver does come in with with stress and then being able to say well we don't want you out on the road then if you're feeling like that but you know, they're working to such tight deadlines and thin margins, the employer probably feels they can't do that anyway. And they, they don't actually want to know about the driver's stress because it causes them too much disruption with, with trying to make other arrangements for deliveries. So is any thoughts on, on how employers can make that decision a little bit easier for them or, or not put them in such a difficult situation? Well... There are strong individual differences in how people respond to stress, and that's well known. It's essentially about how you appraise the stressful situation. And retraining the thought processes around that is is essential if you're going to get people to be a bit more hardy. Um, But, you know, from, from a management perspective, as I say, the best thing really is for everybody to have some form of stress management training because it's not going to do anyone any harm. It's gonna do an awful lot of good, especially for certain people. You know, we know that there's a kind of a subset um, of um, the workforce that are much more likely to be involved in crashes than others. And And it could be that just by changing the way that they approach the problem of, of the demand on them as a, a driver, could actually make all the difference and also help drivers to talk about some of the things that are going on in their own lives and how that can be resolved you know sometimes just talking about it is is very helpful yeah um i want to ask you a final question which is possibly a little bit linked to what you said you were doing working on at the moment with cranfield where you're looking at um into sort of driver behavior linked to autonomous vehicles and all of that i mean i I know that's some way in the future but uh, uh, in the intervening period we've got increasing levels of active driver safety technology we've got various bits of technology on electric vehicles and obviously there's an increasing number of electric vans uh, on the road uh, now and and many of those because they're electric vans have got a lot of this safety technology on there is is there um are there any uh considerations for for driver managers about how those drivers adapt to all this this new technology and the the sort of new driving style needed for a for an electric van it's obviously got different driving characteristics are there any things that driver managers need to be aware of that from a a sort of a training or a uh how the driver feels comfortable with that technology Well, yes, I think there's an awful lot more that needs to be considered here because, you know, in my experience, um, employers often will procure vehicles because, you know, the manufacturer, you know, sort of is trying to sell the latest spec. But actually, um, it's a question of how people respond to that technology. And there's an awful lot of evidence um, coming through around how, 
reaction times might change or behaviours might adapt in such a way that actually the safety benefits that they claim um, can't be found. You know, we're currently looking at um, some of the claims that manufacturers are making about things like ESC or AAC, um, adaptive cruise control. Um, and um, we are seeing that these crashes that they're supposed to be saving is not actually possible, really, because every system is claiming to reduce crashes by 50%. And, you know, if that was the case, we'll be having sort of minus thousands of crashes every year. Yeah, so I think there's um, yeah there's a lot of work to do on that, making sure people understand the technology. The vast majority of drivers I um, um, talk to don't know what half of this technology is or does. So uh, I think there's a lot of education still needs to be done around that. Yeah. Um, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your insight with us. Where where can people go to learn more about uh, you and your work? SideDriveGroup.co.uk and um yeah that's psy drive fantastic okay we'll put a link to that in the in the show notes um uh, for this episode lisa thanks very much really appreciate your time it's been great talking to you again you too you take care bye-bye if you manage drivers and their vehicles and you face similar issues to those discussed in this podcast there are links in the show notes to some useful resources on the driving for better business website and these are all free to access if you enjoyed the conversation, please don't forget to hit subscribe so you know when the next episode is released. And please also give us a five-star review as this helps us to get up the podcast rankings and makes it more visible to others who might also find it useful. You can follow us, that's Driving for Better Business, on Twitter, Facebook and LinkedIn. And most importantly, please help us to spread the word. All our resources are free for those who manage fleets and their employees who drive for work. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Fleet Risk and I look forward to welcoming you to the next episode. Brought to you by Driving for Better Business.